Welcome to the Well Interior Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Simitowski and I'm a licensed mental health clinician in the state of New York. I have a private practice here in upstate New York where I live in the foothills of the Adirondacks and I would first like to thank Railroad Productions for producing this podcast. We have an incredibly special guest today, musician, activist, father, academic, Emmy Award-winning producer, Pierce Freelon. Today we're going to spend some time talking with him about his Grammy Award-winning children's album, D.A.D., which he describes as a family journal chronicling the life and times of a black millennial father living in the South. He describes the blending of hip-hop, jazz, and electronic music with heart and soul as a celebration of fatherhood and family. So welcome, Pierce. I'm so thrilled to have you. I first Thank you. I first heard about you from your Today Show interview earlier this uh, summer, I believe, um, when we, you were just releasing DAD. And if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about this incredibly heartfelt and culturally important children's album and a little bit more about you. Sure. Yeah, well, DAD came out this summer, uh, 2020, on July 31st. It's kind of a love letter to my kids and also to my dad, who I lost last year. And, um, you know, it was interesting. I was Today I was asked to speak um, to some middle school students about wellness. And um, I asked them, you know, <laughs> I asked them, what is your self-care ritual? And so these are middle schoolers, so I wasn't assuming they knew what that meant. So first we defined the word self-care, and that was pretty self-explanatory. You know, what do you do to make yourself feel better? And then we talked about ritual, and people, you know, brought up, like, is that like in religion where you, you know, drink the wine and eat the bread? And I was like, yeah, that's an example of a ritual. And, you know, saying grace before dinner is a ritual. You know, some people do, like, meditation rituals and you know there's all types of ways to take care of yourself uh through a practice that you do um you know in a particular order in a particular way and so i asked these kids like what's your self-care ritual and kids said they had some really interesting answers they they were saying you know sometimes i breathe and close my eyes sometimes i listen to music um and i was explaining to them that uh making music was a really important self-care ritual for me when my dad was ill he passed away last year from als and a lot of the a lot of this album (laughs) was the results of a self-care practice Mm -hmm. that um you know it was just a bizarrely i mean maybe it's not bizarre but it seems like it should be uh when you say it out loud but it was a wildly creative time for me when, when my dad was not well. And um, there was just a lot of reminiscing and a lot of reflection. And whereas normally my life is like buzzing around everywhere, you know, concert here, international project there, you know, professor, class, lecture here, like everything kind of came to a screeching halt. And I think a lot of people are experiencing this now because of COVID. But last year, you know, pre-COVID, I stopped everything I was doing to become one of the primary caregivers for my dad. And, uh, you know, I would clear my schedule of all these things. And in that silence, 
you know, this music popped up and um, it was healing for me to write and to sing and to rap. And uh, it's been like totally healing for other people to listen to and from what I hear. You know, I, I, I get a lot of feedback from folks, especially other black fathers who are like, yo, where you been, bro? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is just what the doctor ordered. Like, I'd never seen, you know, black father in this space. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's just been a journey. And I'm grateful that, uh, that my dad gave me some inspiration to uh, create something that has been healing for myself and others. You know, I, I spend a great deal of time thinking about our youth in this country and wondering, you know, what can I do and what can we do collectively to treasure and care for their young, growing minds and hearts. And, you know, I have to say, watching your interview on the Today Show, it just, it came at the perfect time for me personally and professionally because it made me feel so enlivened and hopeful you know, I mean, I can I can remember songs from my childhood. My parents played a lot of folk and bluegrass, sing-along type children's stuff. One of the songs we used to listen to is called Use a Napkin, Not Your Mom. And it, it just cracked us up and it still makes me laugh, but we still remember it, you know. And I think maybe even at the time, you know, if we're not, you know, if some of the lyrics aren't translating directly, they get embedded you know, and research shows that we can remember things for far longer if we learn it in a song. And so, yeah. you know, you're, you're teaching kids from these this tender time to, to kind of recite these things that maybe they, they aren't totally grasping, but then it becomes part of how they operate. And then maybe later in life, they're like, oh, you know, that's what that meant. Um, yeah. And so can you tell me about the themes of self-care and mental health in this album and then to hear you say that you were just meeting with these middle schoolers I mean I, I'm just beaming hearing that it just that that is so important right now to, to our world um, and and our culture so was it just in terms of, of your own grief and and process to what you were sharing earlier that it sort of morphed into kind of that that also mirror of your own self-care and then in, empowering youth to to take care of themselves or is mental health and self-care something that is really important to you in your work at large well um it's definitely a part of my practice as an individual and you know as a musician a lot of what I create is a reflection of the, the internal, you know, conversations and, and uh, vibrations that I'm I'm on at the time, um, and and music and art just becomes an outlet for me to, to transmit that, um, you know, that vibe, uh, and so yeah, I don't even know if it was I don't think it was that intentional. It was just. Uh, you know, uh, for example, let's talk about uh, my body. So there's I was going to ask album. you about that one. I, I love that's one of my two favorites. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, my body's great. So, you know, I, I work with kids. I have a, a community center that I run in Durham called Black Space. And uh, we did a conversation on consent uh, two years ago in 2018. And, uh, you know, I thought I knew about consent. 
like generally speaking it, it's it's a term and a and a, a concept that I'm familiar with and you know but what I didn't understand and what the what the presentation revealed to me was the ubiquitous presence of rape culture in our media in our music and television in our sayings mm-hmm. it's just everywhere and as a man uh, and someone who just kind of grew up in a patriarchal environment, I never questioned it. Um, you know, the, the type of violence, like, yo, did you smash? Like, you know, like yeah. just the, the, the casual language around uh, sex and violence uh, that is so normalized that you don't even notice it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, it's one thing as an adult to come to terms with that. It's another thing to raise kids like, whoa, I'm noticing now that there's this toxic culture that I grew up in that I want I want my kids to be aware of so that they don't, you know, continue to perpetuate and normalize the these bad uh, norms. Um, and music's really important, like for the reasons you mentioned, the way repetition kind of sticks in our minds, the way that stuff from your childhood stays with you for life. And, uh, you know... <laughs> You better believe, like, this rape culture that we're learning and just in general, patriarchy is something that's so widespread. And sometimes it's, you know, it's vicious. Sometimes it's real simple. I saw a parent on Instagram the other day. She had taken, they were at a Target, and she took the um, NASA tank tops uh, from the boys' section, and she hung them up in the girls' section. Like, Mm. You know what I mean? Because there was nothing in the girls section about science, about mm. NASA, about, you know, like that was such a an awesome, like, not just a parenting gesture, because her kid probably saw her do that and was like, oh, mom, it doesn't belong there. Like, that's awesome. You know, but mm. literally some girl's going to be walking around Target like, Ooh, that's cute. I want that tank top. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want that tank top. And same like you said, maybe at that age, they don't know what NASA means mm-hmm. you know i'm not expecting an <laughs> eight-year-old to to recognize the nasa logo or know what it means but you know looking back when they're in high school or whatever and they're looking back at childhood photos and they're like oh yeah i've been i've been rocking this since childhood it's it's just a part of it's a part of who you are mm-hmm. and so in our culture you know clothing target music food you know these things are embedded and so with my body you know i wanted to make an all ages song about consent not one that starts prematurely talking to kids about sex you know that's just that didn't feel appropriate uh age appropriate all age appropriate i wanted something that that just dealt with the initial principles like it's my body and my rules like i my kids you know know the song stella my daughter she sings all the time. My body is my body is my body. My body is my body is mine. Like that's, that's important. Um, and if she's ever in a situation later in life where she needs a reminder or goes through a situation that she feels is weird, you know, but may not be able to articulate why, you know, I want her to have as many tools as possible. You know, I want my son who, you know, most perpetuators of patriarchy and violence, sexual violence and assault are men, as he ages, I want that song ringing in his head, not only for his own defense, but so that he knows when he's interacting with other people that 
uh, it's your body. Verse one is, it's my body and my rules. Verse two is, is your body and your choice. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's both about how you internalize consent and how you practice it. And, and those are just basic principles and values that you're not told. Kids aren't told they have their own bodies. They're told, you know, oh, uncle such and such is here. Go give him a hug. It's not a question. It's a, it's a, it's a demand. It's a, and so, you know, from a young age, kids are kind of robbed of their body autonomy. And I'm hoping that there's a six year old somewhere that hears the song and is like, uh, you know, and is able to push back against that even at a young age. I love that. And so it's kind of that starting the conversation and, and kind of that body connection or that body wisdom or kind of claiming your own body versus it just being a vehicle for what everyone else just kind of wants you to do or what you're expected to do, especially kids at a young age. They don't feel like they have a lot of autonomy around what maybe they're supposed to do or expected to do. Um, and so, yeah, this song is just so so powerful and it's so catchy I, I love it I can see why your daughter sings it all the time and um, I had read somewhere that in the consent kind of course that you were referring to through um, your organization is it black space yeah yeah um, that you were giving some proceeds to try to continue some some workshops around consent with teens and that kind of thing, which is absolutely just in- incredible and so important and, and important not only starting this body conversation early, but kind of opening a dialogue for a continued discussion. So it's not just a, oh, you know, you're 14, here's a talk. You know, it's like, no, you're four and this is your body and, you know, you don't have to do this or you can do this. And then that just being an opening for ongoing conversation and chats surrounding the body through a lifetime yeah i love that another song um my second favorite is bubble and it's about personal space and boundaries and um it starts i woke up and i'm feeling anxious when i'm with you i don't feel the safest i need space i think this relationship needs boundaries Cause I love me and I made a promise. I'm not mean. I'm just being honest. Cause I need space away from you. Basically get out of my bubble. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that because that's also, you know, to your point earlier of go give uncle so-and-so a hug, you know, there, there's such a, you know, I work with a lot of individuals, um, young adults to late adulthood about self-care, you know, and, and it isn't inherent. So hearing that you're teaching about it and writing albums and, and sharing this is, is that's enough to shift, a, a, you know, shift a generation. And so, um, you know, to even think that it's okay to say, you're making me uncomfortable or I need some space there's a large majority of us who feel like that is being mean. So to yeah. just state that in this song, to hear that as a young child, I mean, that's enough of a shift to really alter the course of, of an individual's life and how they choose to interact um, truly. So could you speak a little bit more to that song? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you nailed it. It's funny, I've never heard those lyrics read back to me, but... Um... 
and not to pat myself. Well, yes, let me pat myself. Pat <laughs> yours, please. It's I'll so pat you vivid. on the back. <laughs> it's it's so vivid. Like like, who hasn't been in that situation before? You know, and if you didn't wake up, maybe it's you just got out of class or out of you know office hours with your creepy professor or totally. you just got out of uh, you know like who hasn't been there with your creepy supervisor or you know and 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 the idea too that you know i'm not mean i'm not being mean okay setting boundaries is not rude it's not it's not anything other than taking care of yourself and my grandmother used to say this thing she said no is a love word um and that was always so that that's one of those that just took me a while to understand and deeply appreciate no is a love word no is usually what happens when you know when something you don't want to have you know like can i have a cupcake no you know you associate it with with like being denied something and so i think you feel uh, a sense of uh like oh man like we just associate that with the word no but no is actually it's a love word especially when you're telling someone else no on your own behalf (laughs) no no yeah we need to we need to change our relationship no when we hear no we need to hear it in all as a love word no is a love word i love that it's it's reminding me of of back to you know my body that one of the lyrics is if I feel good, I say so, but when I don't, I can say no. And that's a loving decision. That's a loving thing to say no. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not wanting to do that or that's uncomfortable for me. So, wow, pat on your back to your grandmother too. <laughs> you know, and, and speaking of, of your family, I mean, what, what a, a, a lineage, you know, um, certainly your, your father, the late Phil Freeland was the leading architect for the African-American Smithsonian, which is equally acclaimed for its architectural design as well as its contents. And I have to say, it's one of the most fantastic museums I've ever been to. It's so fun. It's it's so vibrant. Um, there's music and videos and sports. You know, this one floor has this Muhammad Ali installation, and I just sat there listening to the songs on repeat. I can't remember what they were, but I was like, is there a playlist for this museum? Like I need I need the playlist of this place. And they've got like the hip hop hop section with this like crazy barbed wire and this little like VHS, you know, 13 inch TV playing, you know, in the background and got that like 90s fashion and the grunge and the hair and and then there's this unreal gift shop that's really like a bookshop. And you've got anything from Maya Angelou to Roxanne Gay. And, you know, it's just I left with this feeling of complete elevation and joy. And that museum is such a celebration of black culture and history and just celebration of life. And I know that with your album, um, you know, that's something that that you've shared and shared in your interview with the Today Show, that you want it to be a celebration of life. So I was thinking, you know, your dad had a hand in creating that space and that that's the feeling that that space left me with and after I listened to your album that's the feeling that that left me with was this elevation and hope and joy um and that this theme of fatherhood first for you and your kids but then also your relationship with your dad runs really deep through the album and you dedicate the last song ascend 
to your your father and then hearing you speak more about it today that this album was a, a process for um you know grieving or or the beginning stages of grieving that loss so can you tell me a little bit about you know your relationship with your dad and you know some of these these things we're talking about and and how they showed themselves in in the relationship with your dad sure i mean you know my dad was awesome he was <laughs> a loving uh creative um you know empathetic and and generous man and um you know, I think you hear that a little bit of that in, in the track immediately preceding Ascend, which is a, a voice memo. The album is full of these. Actually, every track on the album has at least one voice memo on it, which was just a moment uh, that I captured on my phone that became the inspiration for the song. And sometimes, you know, these ideas would come to me in the middle of the night. Sometimes I'll be at the studio and it kind of... Um, you know, helps facilitate a creative process there. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the most powerful voice memos on the album is, is my dad speaking about 10 days before he passed away about the importance of listening, and mm-hmm. just sitting and, and being and, and listening. And he talks about uh, the importance of being perceptive, you know, um, as a part of a, as a creative and spiritual practice. Um and yeah, I mean, the, the, it's just, I think the, the museum and the album are, are, are the result of, you know, gifts that I've received from him, which, you know, he received those gifts from his dad and his dad from his dad. So we're trying to build a legacy in our family, of, you know, of just abundance of creativity, um, of love. And, uh, and I think you'll see that, you know, and my, my, I have a brother and a sister. You'll see they're both, my brother's a scholar, but also, you know, makes music. And, um, you know, you'll see it in his work and my sister's work. And hopefully, you know, this album will inspire that in others. It's, it's, uh, it's certainly a part of our family lineage, but, um, you know, because we make art to share, it's also part of, uh, it's part of our collective legacy as, um, you know, as black folks, as Americans, as uh, creatives, I hope anyone that goes into the museum, you know, feels the same way you do, you know, like, it's, it's, it's the same way you've described, um, and can find ways to, to, um, nurture that in their own lives, and, and communities, and families, and selves. Mm-hmm. The self part is really important. I think you cultivate it in self, and then it radiates out from there. Mm-hmm. And you know, with that that radiating, that that light and that joy, and those gifts, you know, there's a lot of anger and upset in our culture right now, and and a lot of rage. And you know, I I find that anger is often the mask for sadness, and it's it's easier to rage than to be sad sometimes you know and I think giving kids the tools to learn how to manage their emotions versus fear or avoid them is one of the greatest gifts we can instill on a future generation and again that's why I felt so passionately about what you're doing in this album and what you've put out into the world and I'm just so grateful to have shared this time with you I mean 
the way I felt with the museum and your album is, is how I'm feeling and talking to you today. I'm just so uplifted and really hopeful. And, you know, I, I, I wonder how have you been able to maintain such light, especially with some of the activism work you are doing and have done and you know a lot of the other creative in- endeavors that you're a part of films and so forth that we haven't had a chance to chat about today um you know but but how have you been able to main that maintain that light um with such truths um about race and equality in our country you know what what keeps you shining well, my, I can bring up my grandmother again. She she said, uh, in addition to know is a love word, another one of her, and let me name her too, because she's she's asking to be named clearly. She brought herself up twice in this conversation. Mm. Uh, her name was, is rather, her name is, she passed away about seven, eight years ago, but she's clearly still here. Um, Queen Mother Frances Pierce, welcome to the conversation. Welcome. Uh, she said, <laughs> was keep an attitude of gratitude mm. and uh and really it's just gratitude like when i think about is this is this podcast for adults it, yes primarily uh young adults to adults mm-hmm. okay cool in that case uh <laughs> when i think about how fucked up the world is excuse my french um you know i put that in a in a in the context of the legacy of resiliency that my ancestors have triumphed over mm. and through. Like, you think it's bad now? Imagine how it was in the Jim Crow South for mm. your, you know, for your ancestors that were uh, not even allowed to, you know, walk in through the front door of a restaurant. If you think their situation was bad, think about their ancestors who were enslaved and and couldn't even, you know, choose who they wanted to to marry or build a family with or had their families torn apart or, you know, all types of horrendous things I could go into uh, that somehow we managed to persevere in spite of. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my grandma, she talked about that quite a bit. You know, she reminded us constantly of, of our ancestors. And so maybe one day in the future, 80 years from now, they'll be saying, yeah, imagine if you had to deal with 2020, like, yeah. and everything they dealt with. And they'll be like, you know, still climbing mm-hmm. and moving forward. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful that uh, my ancestors found a way to, to pass love and light down to my great great grandfather who passed down to you know his dad, son and on to my dad and I got it I got a full uh, you know bucket full of love mm-hmm. that uh, I've I've been blessed to uh, bathe in as a child and I've got plenty left uh, to pour onto my children and others mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah and looking looking from where our folks came from I can ha- I can't fix my face to complain all I can do is be grateful and to uh, continue to do whatever small part that I can to uh, make it better for my kids and grandkids and, and not just mine everyone's um, you know that 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 to me 
is uh, is my purpose, and music is just a tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my dad, architecture was that tool. Clearly, is he used the tool, he wielded it well, and, and did his best. Um, and that's all you know. For everyone listening, I think that's that's your job. What is your tool? Yeah. How will you use your voice and your hands and your heart to make the world a better place? Um, and when you're gone, as we will all eventually be, um, you know, gone in the physical sense, um, what legacy of uh, will you leave behind? Will it be a legacy of, of light, of abundance, of positivity, uh, something that makes people smile and feel warm inside? Um that that's certainly how I feel about my dad, and I hope that's how people feel about me when I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, even with with the legacy piece, you know, we've talked about the fatherhood and, and your father, um, but it sounds like the you know the matriarchs and your your family, your grandmother, and um, from what I understand, your own mom, you know, they really contributed to that family legacy as well. Um, oh, of course. Like, don't, 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 don't sleep on MOM. That'll be <laughs> the next one <laughs> or something. You know, like this, this particular album is about my dad and, uh, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty narrow in that focus, but yeah, I'm totally a mama's boy and, uh, I was totally my grandma's twin mother, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so you know yeah, yeah. so there, there, there are other works and, and ways in which I sing their praises but this oh, particular album is is about you know it's about fatherhood it's about you know healthy masculinity it's about nurturing and uh you know from that from that fathering lens and I think it's so important to see you know male figures in our culture especially um, you know, during this time, you know, to, to really be speaking to those things, you know, and, and, and normalizing that males are experiencing human experiences and emotions and, um, and kind of making that part of the conversation. And, you know, when you're speaking about resilience, you know, there's a lot of themes of choice in the album. And it sounds like part of you, you know, your shine, your light is a choice to keep shining, a choice to focus on the resilience versus the struggle. And that really is a choice of the mind, which is about, you know, really part of what this this album, you know, is a theme in the album is taking care of the mind. And part of that is what we want to focus it to, to um, pay attention to and grow and how we want to nurture it and what we want to tell it. Um, so how how profound. You know, I am just so honored. This was such a gift um, to have you on our podcast today. I can't thank you enough, Pierce. Um, what, a, what an incredible person that um, you are for our, our times. Thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate the space you're holding with this podcast. And, um, you know, I, I, I look forward to checking out the final product and seeing what other kind of conversations you're having on here. It seems like an important forum. Thank you. And I look forward to maybe some MOM 
down the line. And um, until then, be well and safe. And um, I will keep following your, your career as well. And um, this was such a gift. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.